Hello, I'm Ray. And I'm Beth. This is Brother Knows Quest, the podcast where I, your host, introduce my sister to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. Beth, do you have any idea what we're talking about today? Superheroes. What's it called? Claim the Sky. It's Monty Cook's Claim the Sky. And yes, it's their take on the superhero genre. Yeah, you'll, of course, need the Cypher System Core rulebook to play it, but it has a whole lot of stuff in it. I would say it's got more information than the Stars of Fire had. It's got an easily understood setting. Not the Stars of Fire had a difficult setting to follow. A lot of people like superheroes, and there's things like masks and other RPGs out there like it, but it's a pretty good one. It's comprehensive. It's easy to understand, and the Cypher System rules are just so easy to follow. You're not huge on superheroes, are you? Uh, I stick to my few favorites, and that's about it. The okay. others I really don't care about. This will have a lot more character options than the Stars of Fire had. Because as try as I might, I could not find anything truly interesting in the Stars of Fire. But this one, the setting is called Boundless. Every superhero setting usually has a story of how superheroes showed up. You know, Clark came from space. Aliens have a lot to do with it. Sometimes it's genetic modification or radioactive spiders that been genetically modified. Something like that. Or just a really rich man who didn't like how his life was going and decided to do something about it in the Boundless setting. In Earth's earliest days, aliens known as the Azaki came from far beyond our planet, although where exactly we still do not know. They possessed great knowledge, as aliens are wont to do. And and now it's known that they have science still beyond us. But since it was Earth's early days, we certainly didn't stand a chance. They had really strange powers, these aliens did. Mysticism or magic, they really weren't sure. It may have just been another type of science to these aliens, seeing as they're so advanced. To us, it seemed like magic, seeing as we're really old people, like cavemen style. They lived in these great structures and complexes all around the planet. Experiments on living creatures native to this world, including proto-humans, which explains how we end up with powers in this setting eventually. They dwelled on Earth for tens of thousands of years, and then one day they just left. Before we even started recording our own history, they just left. We still find the complexes that are now in ruins, that we've known about them since we became people. So it's, we knew that they were here. And so there really was no denying there was aliens, you know? And they still affect us today. Not I, really. I mean... In the setting that they do. <laughs> we have a whole Senate hearing about that, didn't we? Uh, was it Senate? Was it Congress? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Senate. Humans have discovered and sometimes even understood this new, this technology back in our old days, like old timey humans. We might have thought them magic or miracles, but we did get the idea of how to use them, some of them. So since we've kind of figured out some of that stuff, the experiments, on, since they occurred on a genetic level, as other species other than human as well on the planet, People, and sometimes other creatures, are born with latent or overt superhuman abilities, many of which we can't fully explain. With their understanding of science, people fly, teleport, and shoot lightning from their fingertips. wonder if that hurts. I don't know. You'd like to think it would. Many of which we can't fully explain with their understanding of science, but still, people do all that weird stuff. And normal people just kind of sit back and watch as other people flew around and controlled the weather. Uh, their presence here, the aliens seem to have drawn some attention from other worlds. Uh, other creatures like the Grin, G-R-I-N, or other terrible beings like the Demonics attempted to invade, attack, and conquer Earth. Thankfully, we are well defended, mostly because these creatures are the humans of powers. And people are just raised now. We are born and just kind of grew up in a world where the unexplained and weird things just happen. And since we knew this threat is real, an uh, organization called Bastion was created. Bulwark against supernatural threats of an illicit or ominous nature. Bastion. That is quite the name. They were created to, uh, as a response to these dangers that we come across. 
and earthbound threats as well, because not all people with powers are going to be kind of nice. You know what I mean? Founded in the 1950s, Bastion exists to curb superhuman threats across the globe. The founding sources are unclear, but at least some of it comes from the United Nations. It's hard to tell where the rest of it comes from. Probably a billionaire rich man who got his parents killed. They've also created some of the most advanced technologies available to man. I would almost imagine some of it is not just because of money, but because of stuff they've collected through the alien remains. Uh, the Dagger is another organization. It's the opposite side of the coin. Also around since the mid-20th century, the Dagger is a secret worldwide criminal organization founded in part by supervillains. It operates like a criminal syndicate, like I said, engaging in illicit and illegal activities of all kinds. Danger desires up to and including world domination. So they don't just want to run crime, little crime pockets around the world. They want to rule the world. They want to own the world. The uh, Azaki colonization on Earth recurred about four to two million years ago and spread across planet and most of Mars and Moon as well. Mars's moons were under its, their control. They just spread all across this uh, solar system. The ancient Egyptian pharaoh uh, Tutankhamun, King Tut, inherited the solar powers from his father. I cannot pronounce his name. Uh, granting him the very long life in which he expanded the new kingdom of Egypt, established the greatest of all Egyptian kingdoms in terms of power and prosperity. Seeing as he controlled the sun, that would make some sense. It is likely that most of the mythological beings reported upon during this time were in fact superhumans or some form of super creatures. Heracles, Hercules, was a real person of superhuman strength, endurance. Even some of the ancient gods from across the globe might have just been based on more human that had superpowers. The Shoal Shinji and other records of the Han Dynasty in China indicate that there were likely multiple superhumans at the time, including Zhu Bowie, who, I think, is Zhu Bowie? B-U-W-I-E-I? I can't pronounce that. I think I almost said David Bowie. <coughs> <laughs> he commanded tidal waves and earthquakes. That's cool. And the shaman Chin Jigu, Jingu, who wielded a variety of powers. Likewise, the Middle Kingdom of India have similar superpowered creatures and people. There was one who was known as the Corrupted One. He was actually an android that was made by the Azaki. And a bunch of these superhumans took him down back then. And the only reason you know he was an android is because the Corrupted One came back after reassembling himself in modern times and tried to take over the world again. During the Middle Ages, Asuka period of Japan, Prince Shotoku established a special protected class for superhumans, kind of like samurai, but there was another one for superhumans. People with abilities from all over uh, southeastern Asia gathered in Japan, knowing that they were a protected class. They were known collectively as Wind's Disciples. Heroes operated through uh, the region alongside the people, combating criminals, petty warlords, and villainous superpowered threats. Certain people in Europe also had these abilities. It'd be kind of weird if everybody didn't have some. You know, it's a global mm -hmm. phenomenon. But they were seen as works of the devil. Why? I guess that's how this book justifies the witch trials. It's the Middle Ages. It was also perhaps close to the truth. The mystic known as Magus. Magus. I've heard the name a lot. He came from Persia, created a vast network of uh, fiendish criminals and murderers, each accompanied by one or more of the Magnus's demonic conjured companions. So he was a magical creature. Not just, So he could probably bring things from another reality. And they were demon-like, you know what I mean? He sent out his people with these things to help him. Are you sure it's not mage? M-A-G-U-S. Hmm. I don't know. Magus. Magus. I know what mage is. I've, I've seen it a thousand times. Uh, in Mesoamerica, the Aztec hero Quetzalcoatl 
you've heard of the Quetzalcoatl, right? The no, the beautiful dragon-looking god of the Aztecs. No. Okay, I'll show you a picture. It's beautiful. Use a variety of Azaki devices to aid people in the region and defeat his foes. Uh, this is known to be factual because Quetzalcoatl accidentally traveled to the 20th century via a malfunctioning Azaki time machine. And it seems probable that he may travel to the present at some point as well. So I don't know what happened to his kingdom and all the people who were taken care of now that he's out hopping around time. And of course, in modern times, there was actually heroes out doing stuff and villains just like before but now we get to see more about them and know that they're heroes and not gods this is considered modern era by the way modern history but this is the tokugawa shogunate tokugawa during the tokugawa shogunate union uh, a union of nine samurai simply calling themselves the nine they seem poised to spread the control of their emperor throughout the entire pacific but they uh fell under the mental control of aliens called the hen the traveler arrived in time uh, and ended Heinz's schemes. I don't know who the traveler is. I'm beginning to wonder. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's Quetzalcoatl. That makes sense, wouldn't it? And on throughout wartime. Uh, both militaries during the Cold War used them. Both militaries during World War II used them. They have archetypes for superhumans in here. A bunch of them. I didn't count them all, but I like I highlighted some of my favorite ones for character options. You got bug hero, cyborg, elastic, genius, giant hero, half vampire, hard light master. You can make light things kind of like the Green Lantern. You know, he has the ring. It makes things come to, uses his willpower to make things come out of the ring. Yeah. That's what this is. Um, master of martial arts, which would be cool. A plant master. Uh, powered armor hero. Can you guess who that would be? Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, a speedster. Flash. A, a super spy, which would be Black Widow, I'm guessing. Telekinetic, a teleporter, a tiny hero, unkillable beast. They have lists in here of characters like Ant-Man, Batman, Black Panther, Black Widow, Captain America, all the way down to... The big rock guy. Wonder Woman, Wolverine, Thor, and the thing. They keep going, and it tells you the sentence you would use to create them, like Ant-Man would be a jovial explorer who shrinks to minute size. And it'd be an archetype of tiny hero. I, I don't need to cover Batman. He's a perceptive warrior who solves mysteries, and he's a genius. Oh, Super Spy. That is Black Widow. I was right. Doctor Strange. Master of the mystic arts. Uh, mystical adept who masters spells. You're a sorcerer. We don't need to go with the Flash. Ah, let's see about the Green Lantern. Hero with a power ring. A strong-willed explorer who sculpts hard light. A hard light master. I was right. Iron Man. We know we didn't figure that one out. I don't know who Namor is. N-A-M-O-R? Oh, he's the king of At Atlantis. Okay. And you got Spider-Man, Storm, Superman, Man of Steel, explorer who flies faster than the bullet, a paragon. Oh, that's pretty cool. You have new foci, a foci, foci. Uh, you have copies, superpowers. You could take other people's skills. Or has a thousand faces. You could change your appearance. Ignores physical distance. I guess that's kind of like teleporting or just really quick. Yeah, teleport. Sculpts hard light. We know what that is. Soars among the winds. Reasons for them to fly. Uh, stretches. Well, we kind of know what that is. Takes animal shape. Touches the sky. You can summon storms. That's cool. I thought touches the sky was another flying one. <laughs> Wields an enhanced weapon. I guess Thor. Wields an invisible force. You can bend light and you can make like shields and things out of light. And you have uh, new descriptors like amazing. You have a knack for surprising people. Uh, incredible. You're misunderstood. 
and you might not even think yourself as a hero, but somehow you keep enduring. And then you have the mighty. You have a very impressive physique. Your strength, power, and very importance are superior to everyone else's. I like that one. Uh, sensational. Uh, the public and the press like you. Uncanny. There's something unusual about you. All these people sound unusual. And you make it, and it makes other people a little uncomfortable. It has like um, two small, um, maybe three. I think it has three. One shots to run, small little setting things out of the boundless setting to run in the book. I recommend this. And if you're a fan of superheroes, I recommend this one over any other superhero game. I, I might talk about other ones in the future because that's what I do. I, I remember when it came out, I had to get it. I'm not a huge superhero fan, but it's. Uh, a- like I said, I like Batman. Once Iron Man, well, I, I no longer watch them anymore because yeah, I like Iron Man. I like Doctor Strange more. I loved Iron Man because of his sense of humor, but Doctor Strange has about the same sense of humor. To be honest, the villains are more entertaining most of the time. Did you watch the new Ant-Man? He has a, the newest Ant-Man movie has a really cool villain. No, I didn't. Oh, you should watch it. He's, he's all funny. Um, two of them, both of them bad villains in that one are funny. But yeah, would you play this? I mean, just get a, I t- I do it a one shot. I wouldn't do a campaign in it or nothing, but I could see doing like a, let's all play as a superhero for a night. Yeah. Okay. I'd still rather play other games first when it comes to uh, cipher system settings like. Uh, I would rather play this rather than the one we talked. The Stars yeah. of Fire. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I can't blame you. Stars of Fire is good, but there wasn't enough character stuff in it for me. And well, like, even the setting isn't my cup of tea. Yeah. We, so. Yeah. Um. Uh, Old Gods of Appalachia really is the one I'm most excited for, but you really liked uh, We Are All Mad Here. Yeah. Well, I like the way that one had, I thought it was just going to be like an Alice in Wonderland thing, but it had all kinds of fantasy and It basically take the whole fairy Disney, tale thing. Uh, Grimm's fairy tales and, or the Disney archive and just throw them into one setting and that's what you end up with. I recommend you give Claim the Sky a chance if you haven't played it. I'll put the affiliate link from our Amazon account in the description of this episode for this and a few other books that you will need you'll need the core rule book from cypher system just to play it but you said you would give it a one shot at least mm-hmm. okay if you like this or anything else me and beth might do we have another podcast called horrific history and hauntings it's a podcast where kind of like the title says she tells me about horrific history i like this podcast i tell her about something that i like she tells me a bunch of stuff about something we both like and it's usually Horrible things that happened in history that the history books won't cover, and they usually lead to a haunting. Or we'll do a whole episode about haunting and the myth and the fact behind all that, and we can find other odd things. Sometimes we just go for funny events in history. We cover a little bit of Action Park. We have that podcast, and me and my friend Dakota have another podcast called Leveling Duo, where we talk about video games that we've played and how much they affect our lives in good ways or bad ways and how they calm us down. Whatever, you know, just talk about video games that we like. We'll have a different video game each week. Usually he'll cover one, then I'll cover one the next day or next week. I'll put the link to that in the description below as well. It's part of a podcast network. We all are called the Gruesome Gaming Group. And we have a Twitter account called Gruesome Gaming G. You could follow us there, tweet at us or Z at us or X at us or whatever they call it now. Um, <laughs> leave us a review if you want. Even if it's a bad one, we'll try to fix it. And you can re-review us. I forgot to, I constantly forget to ask for reviews and it'd be nice if you listen. Uh, I guess that's about it. I've been Randy. And I'm Beth. Thank you for listening to Brother Knows Quest. 